good to go? Yeah. <laughs> go for it, boys. All right. Well, Donnie's getting everything adjusted right now. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We're back after a long, long sabbatical due to this COVID-19, but we're here. This is well, This is Big Time Tim Cudges, and I'm here with Reckless Donnie Hart. I cannot. <laughs> Donnie, what'd you do? Donnie, we, we, we practiced this beforehand. We got on here. We tested everything out. Donnie was good, but then Donnie had to go to do his sharing, which I love that he does. He does a great job of sharing the show. But uh, during that sharing moment, I don't know what happened to his microphone. Donnie, your microphone, it went away. <laughs> no, your microphone's done. Donnie, Donnie's not good at uh he is not good at streaming videos, but he's good at left hooks. Yes, he's that is true. That is very true. This is this is the first time I've ever had it where uh the pre-show, everything's perfectly fine. We go on, it's like, oh shit. Fuck. Nah. But uh Donnie, Donnie does look good. I mean, his camera looks really good. So I mean, that's all you gotta care about, Donnie, is that you know, the 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 moneymaker looks good. As Mike likes to point out pre-show that his camera is better than mine, but whatever. <laughs> we digress. So he's uh, working diligently over there on his tablet now. While he's working diligently, because uh, you know we're we're, we're going to do it live. We got to do it live. Uh, yeah, how, working how, so well. How how is how is uh, Big Tim Cudge has been uh, going on since uh, we last spoke with you? You know, during the, these uneasy times, it's just best to keep a positive attitude. So trying to do that every day. Absolutely. Take this thing day by day and try to persevere. Yes. And and continue with uh, certain things that, you know, we had beforehand, but doing it a little different style like this, where we're not actually in the studio, but we're able to continue with shows like this in, in a different manner. So, but we get people coming into the chat room. What's up, guys? Uh, you know, yo, Donnie. Donnie can't speak right now. So Donnie, Donnie's playing a mannequin challenge right now. <laughs> he can yeah, go a long time without blinking. It's he can. Insane. He can. So, remember to like and share the show. Let people know that we are here, that we are live. And, uh, yeah. What else you got? What is it? Oh, man. He, there he is. There he is. He's on another. He's coming in the back door. Is this NWO, Donnie? Wait, say something again. Can you hear me? Oh, oh there we go. You got me? We got you. Yeah, do what that button says. That green thing. <laughs> Mike with all his fancy technologies. Can you guys hear me? There's a little bit of a delay between your mouth and what's saying, but we can hear you. Tim, take over. Let me fix this. All right, so we'll we'll wait to bring on the guest until and Donnie gets back. But um, I don't understand what happened to his phone. It's a phone. What did he hit the mute button on his phone? I don't couldn't tell you, Mike. It's there's like, answers it, in this. There's questions in this world that just can't be answered. It's like my mother when I'm trying to, to tr- <laughs> when I'm trying to troubleshoot her phone. This episode is tech support with with Tim Cudges. <laughs> 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 oh my god! 
Well, I mean, it makes it makes things interesting. You know, we get to work so, these technical difficulties out. There you go. We might not have these problems in the future. We will not. We will not. Tim says that he thinks that uh, Donnie has doesn't have Verizon. He and, does uh, not. Maybe, I know that as a fact. Because we can't hear him. And, and that was the whole Verizon thing. Can you hear me now? Yeah. What What is on, there, on your shirt? Who is that? That's the winner. Barry Harlitz. Oh, shit. Had to go... Uh, you know, support pro wrestling tees.com. Pick this, pick this bad boy up over the week. Knew I was coming back to do a episode of hungry for hope. So I had to dress up nice. You know what I mean? Can you guys hear me? There you go. Oh my God. Donnie Hart here guys. Sorry about that, man. We're all, we're going on the fly here. I've never done this. I don't do words. I don't do technology. I'm happy. It's finally working. I'm so happy to be back on hungry for hope. Mike, thanks for having us. Sorry, guys, about that. I don't do technology. <laughs> I do that, folks. All right. How you doing? You know, I'm hanging in there. Hanging in there. It's a, We're having a little bit of a tough start, but other than that, we're doing good. It's been a while since I've seen you, Donnie. How are you holding up? Doing great, man. Great to see you. Uh, like you said, it's been tough for everybody. I think we have somebody on on hold who's going to talk about how this has been their local small business owner is named glenn booth glenn's from manford new jersey glenn t- tell us what you do i'm a general contractor thanks for having me on general contractor what does that do you fix stuff you break stuff what do you do well we start by breaking stuff and then we fix it it doesn't always work out in that order <laughs> you're looking to hire i'm gonna break and shit i've broken my life i've broken relationships you know, before I came on, I was watching Donnie mess with his uh, camera here, and it was reminiscent of helping Grandma with the VCR. For some of you younger people, you might not know what that is. You think it was the funniest thing we ever did on the show? <laughs> so, Glenn, tell us. Let's get back on track here, kid. <laughs> All right, buddy. You, you own a pretty, pretty decent business. You're a pretty decent guy. How does this affect you? Do general contracting? You fix stuff. Uh, you say you break stuff too. How's this affected your business and everything? Well, you know, the calls aren't coming in like they usually do. Um, you know, but I mean, you gotta expect that. Uh, I'm, I'm not like really pushing to even go out to work. I don't want to be the guy that kills grandma. You know, I don't know if I have it or I don't have it. Nobody really does. You got a family too. You got a beautiful kids, wife. That has to be a lot on you too. You don't want to go out and catch this thing and bring it home, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And, you know, thankfully, my wife has a good job. So uh, if since I'm not working like I would normally be working, she's handling the overload. So that's a sugar mommy? Is that what it's called? Or? <laughs> sugar, sugar mama. Sugar mama. Sugar mama. Well, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying she's a sugar mama, but, you know, she holds her own. She uh, holds her own. I dig it. So has business been up, down, in between? Tell us, my man. Well, business is definitely down. Um, I mean, I'm probably running at 30% if I want to be honest with myself. Um, you know what, though? I'm not upset. It's more time fishing. That's great, man. Uh, how's the kids? Your kid, is they in school? or? Uh, my Both of my kids are presently out of school. They are 11 and 6. We're doing, uh, I don't know if you call it virtual school or... Uh, long distance school, whatever they're, whatever they're calling it. You don't, you don't uh, look like a teacher, Glenn. Hopefully you don't have to teach them. 
Uh, you know, I, I do take part in my son's teaching. I feel like the teachers are uh, going out of their way to try to prove that their jobs are uh, needed. Uh, my daughter uh, is doing four to five hours of school in a day. Um, I think the teachers don't understand that, you know, we might have some kids in different grades that we're, we're teaching simultaneously. So uh, that's making it difficult. But, you know, we're, we're getting along. We, uh, we don't get it all right, but we're doing the best we can. I understand that, Glenn. One of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on to talk about that, but being a successful local small business owner, I want to bring you on because uh, Tim, my buddy Tim, he just got his uh, professional wrestling promoter's license. Are you familiar with professional wrestling? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, of course I am. <laughs> Well, Tim is going to start a small business, hopefully a big business. Uh, that's his dream is to do pro wrestling. And uh, during this quarantine, you know, he's had time, right? Tim tells you sat home, he was out of work, and he thought about what, what does he want to do with his life. And one of his dreams, for whatever reason, was to be a pro pro professional wrestling promoter. So, Tim, what, what the heck did you do? Well, it was just one of those things. Like, I was sitting home, I had time on my hands. I'm still technically working from home. But there wasn't there wasn't much to do as there's going to be more and more in my line of work in the next couple of weeks. Tim, Glenn, you don't know what Tim does. Dude. Tim's a drug dealer. <laughs> most of the corners we couldn't we couldn't open most of the corners, so it's like you know you got to deal with that shit. Proper term nowadays. <laughs> a, a street pharmaceutical rep, Donnie. Thank you. Be more professional. Tim, if you're looking for a personality, I mean. Uh... I could be like the contractor, uh, you know, <laughs> just throwing it I out there. A <laughs> break shit and build it back up. Including men. <laughs> Sounds like my life story, broken and built back up. <laughs> so, Tim, tell us how you went about, how'd you get your professional wrestling? I know Glenn's interested. How'd you get your professional wrestling thing? See if Glenn can give you any tips. Well, I mean, I just looked at everything that I had to do up. There was a bunch of stuff, a bunch of hurdles that I had to come through before that you I just look did. Like the one that can jump a hurdle, Tim. <laughs> I run through the fucking hurdles, Donnie. That's what I do. And that's what I did during this quarantine. Ran right through it, figured it out. So now you own a professional wrestling license. Yeah, I do. And tell, tell I, the I probably got that during the best time you possibly can with all the live events going on and everything. It'll probably expire before I get to actually use it. Well, I heard word that Vince McMahon's part of the entertainment rebuilding of the opening of the country again. I mean, maybe that's your next gig. Well, yeah, I mean, they, it, the wrestling was deemed essential in Florida. So, you know, just saying, PA, grow up. <laughs> well, you know, Florida's a little... Uh, <laughs> little kooky anyway nothing against florida <laughs> so, so glenn he starts this wrestling company he might need a guy to build shit break shit glenn booth construction out of mansfield new jersey you might be the guy uh, well, to call. how will we find yeah. you if we want to call you to build something or break something well so, uh, facebook? i am not on facebook uh, i don't have my company man. on facebook you know i try to uh get most of my business word of mouth so um you know, you want to email me for, for an estimate? It's boothconstruction2012 at gmail.com. Boothconstruction2012 at gmail.com. That sounds great. Glenn, anything else you want to share with us before we let you get back to your beautiful family? 
Uh, well, it's a pleasure being on with you guys. Glenn, thanks for stopping by. Uh, keep breaking shit and keep fixing shit. And, you know, we'll, we'll let you know when the wrestling federation's up. I'll do the best I can. See you, bud. See you. So, Tim, let's get back to business. This wrestling federation, What you're going to look for wrestlers. What are you looking for in a professional wrestler? A lot of these fans don't know what professional wrestling is. What do you look for in a pro wrestler? Um, you know, old school. You got to bring it back. Wearing wearing the correct gear, wearing no shirt, and coming out there and performing to your best of your abilities in the best shape that you can possibly be in. You have some background in wrestling, but I heard you went out and found somebody with a pretty colorful background in pro wrestling to help you. Tell us about that and tell us why and how that came about. Well, this guy's a real piece of shit. Let me tell you, start off by saying that. <laughs> Real degenerate. And that's what works best with me. So I had to find another fellow degenerate and uh, sign them up. Now, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm the fellow degenerate. <laughs> me and Tim will be putting on professional wrestling shows. It's exciting for me. I've been out of wrestling for a while. Stepping behind the scenes with Tim. You know, we're, we're not doing no bullshit here. Tim told me he... You know, we, we talked about it. If we're doing this old school wrestling, like Tim said, we want professional wrestlers, the best of the best. No out of shape. We were just so sick. Me and Tim started this thing. We started watching pro wrestling. And a lot of these local people, man, they were, they're embarrassing. They're not trained properly. They're out of shape, overweight. They don't wear gear. Am I right, Tim? Right. And that's the thing. Like, I'm going to, I'm not setting out to this to be, a half-assed promoter. Like, I'm setting out to this to be the best promoter I possibly can be, and I expect that out of the wrestlers. Same work ethic. strict rules, man. You're going to run a tight ship, right? Absolutely, and you're going to help me do that. I, I just get the phone calls forwarded to Donnie's phone. Just hit the button. Forward. You know, I learned so much. A lot of people know my background. Uh, I was trained in professional wrestling at the Monster Factory by Pretty Boy Larry Sharp. He's a guy who trained King Kong Bundy, Bam Bam Bigelow, the big show. Countless other people, you know? Well, some of the, ins and outs. Some of the rules yeah. in, your, in the gym that you were telling me about where they caught my interest and a lot of them made sense. Like some of the things, I forget, if you're a certain person on the card, you can't go outside the ring. Like showing discipline, stuff like that, where it's not a free-for-all and there's a certain mapping out to it. We had discipline. You know, this was a privilege. Professional wrestling is a privilege. A lot of these people, you know, they train for a couple of days. They want to call themselves pro wrestlers. They get these fake belts. They get some of their friends. They call themselves a pro wrestler. Man, get the fuck out of here. They're not pro wrestlers. They're one of these. Yeah, that only worked for Joey Janela. Night out. You know, we, we trained hard. And I've seen Larry Sharp kick more people out of the wrestling building than he let in. It used to be a protected society. I feel like now a lot of bums, bozos, jabronis are in it. Kind of like I feel like what my... What we're trying to do is uh, keep them them bozos on the outside. You know what bozos do? They buy tickets. There's nothing wrong with buying a ticket and being a fan. It's when the fans try to jump into the ring. Nah. Not everybody was born to be a pro wrestler. There's nothing wrong with that. I wasn't born to be a doctor. You know, you're not going to see me show up and try to 
fix your broken, you know, heart, Tim. Were you over in North Korea recently? North Korea? The, nah, nah, but the, the I probably should have. <laughs> Kim Jong-un got killed from a fake surgery or some bullshit, it's a rumor. Because there's probably some jabroni pretending he was a doctor. <laughs> like, these guys are pretending to be pro wrestlers. Jamokes, right? A bunch of jamokes. Right, you do concrete. My buddy Ray, he does concrete. Could you imagine somebody coming around and pretending to be a concrete guy, and then they tell all their friends? They're jabronis. People work hard for careers, doctors, lawyers, concrete finishers, pro wrestlers. And they piss off people when they see these people. They, they wear these fake belts. They, they wear T-shirts and gym shorts, and they jump in a ring and call themselves pro wrestlers. No, not. If you come to one of Tim's shows, I'm going to show you the door. Right, Tim? Absolutely. And don't get me wrong. Like, there's these places, there's these different feds that do the niche stuff, like death matches, stuff like that. That's cool. I enjoy watching them. But shit like that's not going to happen. There's a place for death match when it's done right. Definitely. I'm talking about the guys who, you know, barely were trained calling themselves pro wrestlers. I mean, unless you're Nick Gage or Matt Tremont, you know. Yeah, they do it great, but nobody's them. They're awesome at what they do. Gets me pissed off, Tim. Seems it really grinds your gears there, Donnie. Let's get back to serious shit, Tim. Uh, I think you're going to have your buddy on, Hazel Roche. Uh, Hazel, tell us what happened to Hazel. So, Hazel, you know, he, a couple weeks ago, got inflicted with COVID-19, went to the Hazel's hospital. A local Philly guy, a hardworking guy, a great father, great son, you know, and he, he got struck by this, right? He did, but he, you know, he fought his way through it, even though there was a lot of times where I was talking to him and it was tough. And so he faced him a, on the show today. I can't wait to hear from him. He should be here any minute now. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, he had 20% chance of living, I heard. Something crazy. But, he, you know, he oh. fought through it. This thing's real. I think people don't realize until you see a guy, one of your friends. Yeah. And people, people, and I did it too. I, I underestimated this thing drastically. Luckily, I haven't shown any symptoms from it or anything like that, but this is a real issue. A lot of people lost their jobs in America. A lot of businesses are going under because, you know, piece of shit bigger companies want to take the small business loans when they're really a large business. But, you know, eh, I'm not going to get into that except that they're real pieces of shit, kind of like, you know, Donnie. Hey, Donnie. <laughs> hey, Mike, you joined us. Yes, I just want to let you know that uh, Hazel is in the waiting room. Whenever you guys are ready to talk to him, he's you know, waiting patiently. He's a minute. Wait, wait. I'm going to introduce Hazel. <laughs> Hazel Roche, he just got out of the hospital. 20% chance of living from Corona. He's joining us. Hazel Roche in the house. Tim, take over. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hazel, thanks for being here, man. Thank you for inviting me to your show, man. Tim, take over, my man. All right, so Hazel, kind of, you know, walk us through how this all started happening. Say, you know, you're you're in shape. You do the celebrity boxing stuff, so you're you're fighting, you're sparring, you're training, you're working out. You're pretty much healthy all around. And then what happens? Well, you know, um, 
you know, I was out of the gym for a month after the fight, after our fight in March, um, because, you know, everything was close. But I still was in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, I was following the rules. Y'all more, y'all like family, so y'all know me. I followed the rules. I was trying to stay away. And it just, you know, I believe it was destiny. It just cut me out of surprise. You know, uh, when I started feeling the symptoms, I'm like, what? Me with the what corona? Was the first symptom? What was the first symptom you felt? <clears throat> okay. When um, was something wrong? Okay. Um, I don't know if you've ever been food poisoned. Food yeah, poison Donnie, Donnie poisoned me I once on the show. Food poison, Hazel, you want to hear this? <laughs> I went to this no good rat place in uh, Second Market, Philly. Yeah. It's called Sonny's Cheesesteaks. Never go there. I got food, food poisoning. Scumbag. The worst. I hate Sonny's Cheesesteaks. They're the worst. <laughs> they will let me know because I'm looking for a good place for a cheesesteak. No. Yeah, don't go to Sonny's. Sonny's, okay. So, <clears throat> so um, I started having like food poison. The first night, I wanted to throw up. I couldn't throw up. No, no, I couldn't use the bathroom. So the first night, second night was terrible. I used Spectre small Pepsi, gas relief, everything. It still don't want to come out. I'm like, what the heck? The third day, I started getting the fever and the chill. And I said, you know what? I got to have the Rona. I got to have the Rona. I got the fever. No, I got this. I don't want to give it to my family. So it was like three o'clock. I go and take a shower and I told mom, I'm calling the rescue. I'm going to the hospital. She's like, why? You know, the doctor gave me something. No, I'm going to the hospital. I went to the Episcopal Hospital up on the hospital. Episcopal. Right there, they come and pick you up. <clears throat> no, the rescue came and picked me up. The ambulance. The ambulance. Did they take all precautions? Did they have like masks on? Suits yeah, on? they they did have so masks. You gotta be careful. You're not sure if you have it, but you know, right? Well, yeah. When I call, I tell her, listen, I'm losing a little bit of breath. You know, I'm like, my stomach is killing me. I need something. I need to help me. My stomach is killing me. I can't no more. I used to drink ginger ale. <clears throat> I used to help a little, you know. So, um, uh, I went to the, the, the to the to the hospital. They admitted me. They put me some um IV. I stopped feeling a little better, but now I'm supposed to. They did all kind of x-ray, MRI. When they came to the MRI, they said, we see something in your lungs. So I'm like, okay. So that means what? Yeah, we might think you coronavirus positive. I say, do what you have to do. They did a swab, put me in a room. <clears throat> this, uh, they, kept, they said, we're going to keep you over there for two days. We're going to keep you over there for two days because we want to make sure that when you go home, you are doing good. <clears throat> I'm sorry. So You're good, man. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry. I, sometimes I lose breath from. I'm still, you know, recuperated. So you're just old. That's what it is. That's what it is. I feel like old man for real. So, so the second day, um, they say, um, you know what? We had to transfer you to Temple University. I'm like, why? I feel good. We had to transfer you. They transferred me to Temple. Uh, to, to, to Temple. I was just fine walking in the room, bored. Uh, third day, I just started losing um, my oxygen. They say, get in your bed, lay down. They put the oxygen to, boom, send me to uh, uh, intensive care. So I'm like, well, I'm going to intensive care. I mean, it's not like she's, he's, 
the doctor said you have to come over here. But they didn't tell you specifics or why? Let let me tell you something. They they they, they when with this virus they don't tell you nothing. How long did the test take to come back? Next day, twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. Twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four. So you do it today. What does that feel like when they finally told you, hey, man, you got this, you know, people are dying all over. You know, that has to really, anybody that has to take away from you, you had to be scared, right? Um, well, I wasn't scared when they told me I got the virus. I was scared once I was in Tempo Intensive Care. The doctor came up to me and told me, listen, you know we don't have a cure for the coronavirus. I say, no, but we can try to relieve it. Oh, you know, that's that's good. That's good with me. I don't feel that bad. The next day, I guess my lungs was already full of uh, all the thing. They had to pull oxygen to 50. They, I, I see like 10, 10 doctors going over there, and I was like, what happened? You know, like, I'm okay. The doctor said, listen, I got, we got to be honest. The way you're looking, you got a 20% of surviving the virus. 20% chance, they told you. 20%. I'm sure that helps with the anxiety and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, I mean, that you had no alcohol more. to drink. <laughs> there was no Tito's. Well, if you would have been drinking Tito's in the first place, I'm just saying. I, I would have never had the first. So when they, they told me the 20%, imagine my mom was in the hospital too. So it was double the pain for me knowing that my mom is over there. And you know the statics is that all people die from this. And my daughter is in my house. They send her home to take she the medicine. It. Yeah, my daughter have it too. So, so the two most important people in your life have it. You're fighting an ICU at Temple. This was all a couple of days ago. Three days ago. So I'm, I, you know, and and when the doctor told me that twenty percent, all I can do it was like, man. I, I didn't eat for nine days, nine or ten days. I didn't eat. All I do was cry, you know, cry, you know, emotional. Not because, you know, it was emotions. Sitting, you know, thousands and thousands of people calling me, praying for me. That's what got me more emotional. Everybody out there was out there for me, telling me, "Look, don't lose faith. You're gonna make it. Don't, don't, don't do it. You know, we love you." That fa- celebrity boxing family always. Texting me, Tim, Mark, everybody, you know, y'all, y'all keep me alive, you know, uh, because in this time, this is what you need the most. You need the support. You need to, to people to let you know, listen, you're going to be okay. You can beat this. So uh, at the nine day, and, and this is a story that I always say, I got to thank God because God was the one who healed me. Into today, there's no cure for COVID. No, there's no cure. They can do a little things to help you, but there's no cure. On the 26th at nighttime, uh, at nighttime there was one of them respirat- respiratory uh, nurse nurse guy um, that he know about celebrity boxing. He, he liked me a lot. Everybody in Temple was great with me. They called me the champ. Yo, champ, yeah. Let the lover, you know, everybody. And they used to accommodate me as much as they can, bring me food. They know I couldn't, you know. I couldn't, you know, be me. So the guy say, listen, you're 50%, 50 pounds uh, air oxygen. Let me, can I try something? Yes. He went from 50 to 20. He say, how are you breathing? 
I'm breathing perfect. He said, okay, okay. At, at, at 11 o'clock at night, he came and went and put it to 10. He said, go to sleep. You're, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Hey, so you're going to be okay. So I went to sleep. When I got up the other morning, he had it on four pounds. I'm talking about from 10 o'clock at night to 8 o'clock in the morning that day, the next day. So when when he said, listen, we're going to take you out of uh, uh, ICU. I'm like, huh? And you, you said I was going to die. How are you going to take me out? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I'm going to die. Now you want to take me out, you know? And then what I listen, your oxygen is almost normal. I don't know how it happens, but your oxygen is almost normal. So you went from 20% chance in the ICU you were just about dead. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. There was a couple of times you told me you thought you were, you know. Yeah, I was delirious. I, you know, you it was people are dying. Everybody's dying around you. It, you I know, was so delirious. News. Yeah, I was so delirious that it was a time that I'm like, motherfucking Donnie Charles in the cheesesteak reporting his video, and I'm over here <laughs> starving. <laughs> I was like, you were thinking about me eating a cheesesteak. So like, I kind of helped you. I was like, I was like, I remember this motherfucker. Oh, I'm, I'm over here that I will kill a cheesesteak now. I will give anything for a cheesesteak. But it was delirious. You probably think about a lot of things. Yeah, it was delirious. You, know, you think about your family. As you can see, and I lost 30 pounds. I'm like skinny, not healthy. Could you? Could you eat? Could you? How was your appetite? You know what? I just ate some Mexican food. I had the crib before Mexican food. I offered food. to get you a cheesesteak. I offered to get you a cheesesteak. I, I know. I was, I, I was waiting for Dora Dash over here. Where's my freaking cheesesteak? I was so hungry. <laughs> I ordered some Mexican food. You heard, you know what's crazy? That? Yeah. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Me and Hazel were talking about it, right? Hazel's... Uh, let's see how to phrase this. Well, I don't, I don't give a shit. Hazel's daughter works at one of my wireless stores, right? Luckily, we closed that store about a week before this happens, temporarily. Could you imagine, though, some like Hazel's daughter has it? She doesn't know. You don't show symptoms for a long, for a decent amount of time. She could have went into that store. Everybody else could have, you know, walked away with it or were spreading it to others if they weren't showing symptoms. That's how crazy this shit is. It That's is, why it people is. need to... You know, they need to follow these rules. They need to do this stuff. Listen, if if anybody, I know, you know, I've been in the past day, I've been in CBS, the CW, Telemundo, WAPA TV, Puerto Rico. If anybody don't see my story and don't believe it, I don't know how else they can believe something of, of how big this, this disease is. You know what I mean? And it will surprise you. I mean, Donnie, you y'all know me personally. I'm a 250-pound guy. You understand? And if you see me now, I look like fucking, uh, I don't want to say a name in celebrity boxing, but I look like uh, like Marky. <laughs> like Matt Wolf. Matt Wolf, yeah. I like Matt Wolf right now. If you see me, I look, look at my face. I look, um, I lost a lot, a lot of so muscle you, weight. Hey, so what do you want to tell people? There's people who aren't taking this serious. What do you want to tell the people out there who think, you know, they're, this is people are too paranoid. Um, What's well, your message? My message is, um, um, you know, it gets emotional knowing that 
people don't understand, but when they tell you you don't you in a bed for 16 days, for 16, 14, 16 You're days. You're in ICU with 20% chance of living because of corona. <laughs> oh well listen. That's crazy. 20%. So if you can't imagine you knowing that the doctor come and say, yo, you got 20% of surviving the virus. You and I see you because we need to keep you over here. We want to save you. You know, the doctor used to but come up no and saying, you look like a nice guy, man. You're going to come out of it. But, but you know, you're, you're watching the news. You're seeing people die. I'm sure people crazy. dying in the hospital. <laughs> people die like crazy. And it's because people, and this is what I want people to know, everybody that is watching the show now, um, this virus, this is not a... This is not a cold. People think, oh, that's like a cold. This is not a cold. This is not a flu. This is a deadly virus. You guys know me. You know, I'm always got a smile on my face. I can even get a smile on my face. Yeah. Imagine how I still feel. I be Kobe. On May 4, I, I, I be uh, uh, completely Kobe free. But it's still, it's still my body, so I still got to heal it. So I tell anybody, I mean, if y'all love your, your family, if y'all love people, period, all people, young people, stay home. Don't get other people sick, man. There's the people can, there's not a lot of people that can come over here, sit down and say, listen, I survived the COVID on 20% chance of surviving. <laughs> my life, you know, my life was, you know what I mean? And and when you over there, you by yourself, um, um, you know, a lot of people love me. And people show the love, but over there, there's no love shown. It's only you. It's you. Whenever you can grab your phone, that's it. You know. So um, I just say keep keep safe, wear masks, wear gloves, and stay home. Play PlayStation, drink Tito, eat a cheesesteak, drink Tito. <laughs> so Hazel, now that you're home, are, do you still have it, or how does that work? What's your Okay, the the virus, I, <coughs> I beat it. It's, it's, it's inside of me, but it's dead. And the virus is dead, but I got to win to May 4 to make sure that it's COVID free. You understand? So you got to isolate till May 4th. You're with your mom, though. She has, she has to do the same thing, right? Well, look at my mom right there. Mom, say hi. hi. God bless you. Hi. Hi. So uh, that's mom. She she's a real soldier. I put him in the ring with anybody celebrity boxing, and she will beat her because she she beat Kobe, and she's just fine. I'm on her. She's fine. I mean, you sure Manny Strong's running around North Philly with a punching bag on his back. Is he crazy? That man is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "It's what we do. It's what we do." I got so, my mask. I got a workout. So Hazel, you just beat that. Literally, you beat that. When when all this opens back up, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to go get a cheesesteak? You want to go ride your motorcycle? What do you want to do when you can get back to? Well, I, well I'm expecting as soon as all this um this is done, I'm expecting a cheesesteak from Donny Charles and a and a and a nice size of a uh, uh, quesadilla from Team Cookies. <laughs> we got you man <laughs> no guys you know y'all listen y'all always was supported me i love you today y'all two are like my brothers I, listen 
Yeah, to uh, like my brother, there was a, uh, I mean, most of the people was concerned celebrity boxing, but, uh, and they were doing their prayers. But y'all yeah, always been the same with me, no matter what. No matter what, through ups and downs, y'all yeah, always love me the way I am. Y'all yeah, always encourage me, and y'all yeah, always support me. And, you know, those things help me to keep alive out there. Because I know there's people here for real that care for me to keep living. There was people who don't care that they care because they want to get the publicity. They want to get the publicity. Oh, yeah. And these people who really care, they want me to get up in my feet, go back and do what I do. They want that They want that internet clout. They want that internet clout. And a lot of them did that thing. It's a shame because I was dying over there. And But, you know, God, will, God knows who's who's who and they will everything will get handled accordingly yeah so i mean it's awesome too like there's there's probably people sitting in their hospital bed or sitting at home with this virus and you have the opportunity somebody that has had a 20 percent chance to survive and had to come on here and you know feed these people hope they were hungry for it and let them know that this is no they're hungry for hope man you're bringing um, this is a lot of people this is, are going through bad, bad shit right now, right? A, a, a lot of people, you know, people listen. lost their jobs. Donnie, if you go to the hospital, man, it inspires people. Even I, I saw you on the news yesterday, man. My family watched it; they loved it. Your story was great. We need Thank that inspiration you. right now because everybody's going through hard times. We're all in this together, though. We all in this together, and and, and a lot of things. These don't. Uh, a lot of people don't understand this. The coronavirus don't look at race, age. Uh, nothing. You can be white, black, yellow, Puerto Rican, Chinese. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. And if you're not prepared, you're going to get it back. So wait, are you saying my privilege isn't going to get me out of this? No, your white privilege ain't going to help you in here. Sorry. Well, <laughs> 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 I need to talk to Tito's, the Tito's company, make sure you have enough alcohol in your body so the uh, virus won't go in. If we get if we get in your body, he's gonna get drunk. He's not going away. They gonna kill it. He gonna he gonna you know he gonna murder, man. So, man, I can't believe I still can't get over that. You're diagnosed. You got twenty percent chance of living. You got Corona. You're in the ICU, and now you're here on Hungry for Hope with me. Talk, you know that story. You gotta share that story. I know you're going to. It's inspiration, right? How do you feel <clears throat> now, man? Well, I feel 60% of me. You know, I still get the aches. Like, um... Uh, you're still I, coughing. I noticed you're coughing. Yeah, the coughing because I'm taking everything out of the body now. Do they have you on medicine or...? No, they did all the treatment they were going to do. Now I got, a, you know, the flame that I got inside. That's why they give me something so I can cough so I can get it out. Everything is dead inside me. All the things... Well, you got to get let it out. So, so that, that's amazing. Yeah. How's your mom feel? My mom, she feel good. Uh, uh, she's over there. Look, she's over there. Hi. Hey. So glad you're out. So glad. Prayers. <laughs> she's feeling good. <clears throat> she's, I'm so happy for her. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah, that had to be hard on you as a son. You know, you're a protector. You can't do nothing. I can do nothing. We was in the same floor. What, a floor under you, right? We was in the same floor, and they they didn't let me see her. 
Anything else you want to share with these people? No, anything. I mean, um, y'all can always, um, anything y'all need, y'all guys, y'all my family, anything y'all need, any information. I got any information you need to know about the COVID because I went for the 16 days. So anything you need, you know, you always want welcome to contact me. If one of your followers or anything need anything, any help, I'm over here to help anybody. Awesome, man. Thanks. You've been wonderful. Thanks for coming on. Thank We're going to let you get back. Uh, tell your family we send our thoughts and prayers. Thank you so much, Thank guys. You, man. Have a great night. Okay, Donnie. Tim, brother, I'll see you. Thank you see for you soon, bro. Show. Definitely. Thank you for coming on. All right. Take care. I don't know. This lighting feels like it's really playing into my receding hair. <laughs> so, Tim, how crazy is that? This guy had 20% really? chance of living. I gotta get a hat. How do you feel about that, Tim? He had 20% chance of living. Like, it's crazy. And it's it's a shame. Like, I'm glad he pushed through it. He powered through it like a champ. It's an awesome story. It gives people there that are struggling. Like, I hear these people... A lot of people that have it say it's like razor blades in their chest. That's what it feels like. But those people, maybe one or two of them, get a chance to listen to this and listen to Hazel's story. They can give them that hope they need to keep pushing through. You know, like you said, it doesn't discriminate. You just have to take the precautions. Anybody who just tuned in, we just had Hazel Roche on the show. He did two weeks in the hospital. He was in the ICU for eight of them days at Temple Hospital. They gave him 20% chance of living. He he had corona while he was fighting it. His mom was a floor under fighting it. His daughter was at home fighting it. And uh, he just got released from the hospital. He joined us. Great story. Anybody has any questions about corona, you can reach out to him. We'll post his information on the Hungry for Hope podcast. Hazel Roche, you can find him. He's a great guy. Awesome story. Tim, you know what I really got out of that? What do you, what do you think I got? Did you were you listening to one part? He said he's in that hospital bed, and you know he can't do anything. He kept on thinking about Donnie Hart eating a cheesesteak. That, that got me started, brother. That got me started. Tim, this place you couldn't stop talking about him. We're in Jersey, so you couldn't stop telling me about this Divincenzo's place in Cinnamon, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you like so much about their cheesesteak? You told me I had to try it. Well, I mean, it's a delicious cheesesteak that's made handcrafted in the heart of Cinnamonson. Well, they, they must like you. They brought you two cheesesteaks on the house. Did you tell them you were giving me one, or did they probably thought you were eating both of them? Yeah, you got the one with the extra poison. So this is a Divitendo cheesesteak, dying with Donnie here. I'm gonna try it. We got we got fried onions, we got American cheese. Got a nice little roll. I'm normally not a big American cheese guy, but you know, this is it's all right. Let me tell you, Tim. It's a pretty good cheese thing. Yeah, it's not bad for Jersey. Hello, Susan. We're here with the DiVincenzo's. Is that how you say it, right, Tim? DiVincenzo's. Give or take. Your friend with the guy who uh who works the grill, right? Yeah, yeah, Jim the grill guy. 
why, why do they call him when you said his name was Shoeless Louis Ramos? Shoeless Louis. Why do they call him Shoeless? He, does he cook the food? Shoeless or Tim Buddy? Shoeless Louis? He, he, he's, the, he's the cook at this place. He wears Crocs. So he doesn't have shoes oh, on. He wears Crocs. So Shoeless Louis, Louis you, you met him. You met him back in your days, you know, right? Yeah. Back in the days where you'd meet a guy named Shoeless Louie. <laughs> yeah. But he, he turned his life around. Now he cooks cheesesteaks, right? He, you, you wanted to have him on the show, but I never met the guy. So, yeah. I don't just bring anybody on the show. We're going to talk to Shoeless. And we're going to, you know. We might uh, bring him on. We might not. Shoeless. You know, what 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 what's that thing he had on his ankle? Ankle braces. So he couldn't come out after dark. So he wanted to know if we'd be done by before it got dark out because he has a probation officer. You know, I can't have Shoeless Louie on the show without, you know. Seems like a great guy. He makes a good cheese thing. Thank you, Louie. Yeah, shout out to Louie for the cheesesteak. Exceptional, exceptional cheesesteak. It's definitely a winner. Vincenzo's, he's doing good. Go check out Shoeless Louie. He'll be the guy with no shoes on. It's going to make it extra gooey. That's how I got Donnie's made. It was good. I want to bring Mike on, Tim. This fucking guy. Mike <laughs> Mike. Catholic Mike, hey, as we call him here. I don't know where that came from. And <laughs> nobody's ever called me that before, so good. I see how happy you look right now. You're so happy because you're used to me. Being in the studio, destroying it. No, destroy. Dude, dude, any any show that ever followed Hungry for Hope comes in looking around, going, "What the hell happened in here?" You know what? First of all, Mike, what we do is art. <laughs> That's what I tell them. When I brought out winged doors and I brought them wings. Yeah, I brought out winged doors to the studio. Winged doors, five-time wing ball champion, the number three professional eater in America. Mm-hmm. We don't do this shit in vain. Six, four hundred pounds. I brought him in. I got wings. Mike looked like he was ready to end our contract. Oh, dude. We got wings on the microphone. Tim's doing whatever Tim does. Yes. I don't know. Every time you guys. I feel like I'm here because I'm the pretty face. Oh, what? Um, every time you guys would leave the studio, I had to hose it down. Uh, it was what like was, it was it was like COVID cleaning before COVID started. What was it was hatred that followed us anyway, right? So you yes. know, fuck him. He would <laughs> <laughs> he would come in and look around at all the destruction and and gooey stickiness that was on the table. Just who was here? Donnie, Donnie was there. I love cheese sticks. There's something about them. They're delicious. I was born and raised in this area. You got the meat, you got the bread, you got the cheese. Any of my fans who aren't from the Philadelphia, Jersey area, you ever want to come to Philadelphia and get a cheesesteak or Jersey, you got to do it. It's it's amazing. I I wouldn't live anywhere else in this world. 
But you did you did have a vegan cheesesteak one time too. So you 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 cross all platforms. Everything. There's nothing. I vegan. <laughs> I'm just glad to see uh, wherever you are out there um, to see all the meat falling out of your bun onto the floor of wherever you're at and not in the studio. Wherever I'm at. He actually is in the studio, Mike. You didn't see him coming. I, 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 I go back into the studio and there he is just seeing a, a cheesesteak with no pants you, on. You, you believe this? It's amazing. The county jail let me get on a phone. <laughs> you do kind of look like Joe Exotic talking from the jail cell. <laughs> the work release program. Oh, my God. You're a friggin' nut. I love it. This, this is a good... Like, you live in Jersey, right? I do live in Jersey, the place of the best cheesesteaks around. Best, best cheesesteaks come best from cheese South Jersey. But best cheesesteaks come from South Jersey. Mike, what the fuck did you just say? I said, I don't know. I'm going to the studio. <laughs> where at, Mike? Mike, where's your favorite cheesesteak? Actually, my fa- my favorite cheesesteak, if I had to be honest with you, is Tony Luke's. I love Tony Luke's, but I because not only do you get a good cheesesteak, but they have other good sandwiches as well that are just unbelievable. Uh, they got their, their Tony their, Luke's is great, man. Uh, wonderful broccoli rob. We had to put our top five on hold until all this kicks over. But we'll be eating Tony Luke's live on studio in your studio making a freaking mess. Oh, uh, we're gonna be face fucking ourselves two at a time. Like, somebody please screen cap. Him. <laughs> Wait, don't let me do it. <laughs> For all the podcast listeners out there, just act like you're flossing with both of your fists. That's what Tim was doing. So, I was so talking Mike, about cheesesteaks. What, what else did it look like? I don't know. <laughs> How else does somebody eat two fucking cheesesteaks? I don't I don't know what you're getting at, Mike. <laughs> you're making Donnie uncomfortable. Back to business. Toxic Mike, for everybody who doesn't know Toxic Mike, he runs Toxic Radio. Radio. That's the studio and the radio show we uh we broadcast live out of. So, obviously, we're on uh, Skype, or what do you call this, Mike? This is actually, we're on uh, a service called StreamYard, uh, but we are broadcasting. Right, so we are broadcasting. We are broadcasting. Anything that involves video on the internet, Donnie just assumes it's Skype. I know, it's fine. <laughs> we are broadcasting live simultaneously to Toxic Radio's Facebook page, Hungry for Hope's Facebook page, Toxic Radio's YouTube page, Toxic Radio's Periscope page. We're Ooh. going all over the place right now. So, Mike, you can do a bunch of shows. How has this affected your Toxic Radio business? This whole, obviously, um, you had to make the right call. You had to shut the studio down. Uh, there and there are there are other podcast studios and radio studios right now that are still running. Um. Again, it's everybody's personal choice in terms of uh, media and uh, broadcasting because broadcasting technically is considered essential because you're putting out entertainment and news. Um, But I thought it was the right thing to do uh, because, you know, you could do as much cleaning as possible and disinfecting and everything. But just like Donnie, just like, yeah, just like, well, just like Hazel said, Hazel. Yeah, you just saw Hazel, man. You don't want to be the reason. 
Right. Hazel said he was doing everything right. He was doing everything the CDC was saying. He was washing his hands. He was following all the guidelines and still got it. And the last thing I want is any of our shows to get it because I I truthfully feel uh, as toxic radio is a family of shows. We all look out for each other. We all help each other out. We all go on each other's shows and we all support each other. And the last thing I want to see is one of us go down because of our love for broadcasting, our love for our shows, something we love shouldn't affect us negatively in that way. So I I would rather put it down for a little bit, knowing we would rise back up, but put it down for right there. And, And luckily I was able to pull together this way of doing it, which isn't ideal, but still shows that we're here. We're here to entertain. We're here to share stories. We're here to have interesting guests on, and we're here to eat cheesesteaks. Well, and Mike, yeah, this, will, brother. this will probably be the first and, and probably the last time I ever commend you. But you know what? You did you did the right thing. You closed it down. But I give you credit to where you found another way to get the people's voices heard, to get these shows out there, and to give people quarantined, stuck in their house, something to watch and listen to mm-hmm. if they make the mistake of clicking the button when me and Donnie are on. Right. We've, we've actually been watching the numbers. We've had a ton of people tuning in. Uh, in and out all this whole entire time. So even if we gave them five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of something to break up the monotony of their day, then we did our, our job. Hold up, hold up. Mike. What, what, Mike, what was that word you used? Monotony? Monopoly? Monopoly, yes. We broke up their monopoly. <laughs> right. You do that shit in my household, you're catching hands. I told him we didn't want to bring you on. I told him you were going to use big words. Make us look stupid. Tim's like, oh no, he's a good guy. Bring him on. I said, no, let him behind the scenes, Tim. And you come on here and you start throwing big words around. What's next? Connect board? Yes, that's the next big thing. Is connect. You're gonna try to expeditiously do something, Mike. Next, next. You're gonna try to do. Next, hungry for hope. We're playing virtual Scrabble. So, Mike, that's how bad the world is right now. These people' lives are so bad. They got everything taken away. That Wednesday, 7 p.m., they're tuning in to watch me eat a cheesesteak. Like, how low can one's life be? The Suckers. (laughs) Like that. You know, Tim talked about his, like, rock bottom in, like, Kensington and my rock bottom in jail. They got to be worse. They got to be, like, they might be dead broke. And they're like, oh, let let me see Donnie eat a cheesesteak before you, you know, put it in my face. People love that. Sadly, the, the podcast listeners, the people that are listening to this audio-wise, can't watch you in your glory. Stuff a cheesesteak down your face. So everybody that's listening to the podcast version, tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. to watch this madman. Two cheesesteaks at once. To eat two cheesesteaks at once. <laughs> I can describe it word for word. Oh, my God. I got, I got cheese on my face. It, it gets pretty freaking ugly here. I thought he was going to start rapping. I, I honestly did. I thought it was a cheesesteak rap. Can you do a cheesesteak rap? Put something together. I'll put it all over YouTube. I don't do words, Mike. I do left hooks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I think the people really tune in for Tim. I don't think they tune in to see me eat cheesesteaks. I think they tune in to see that crazy big time Tim. I mean, look at him. That, I would swipe right. <laughs> so Tim, we're gonna get back on track with Tim. Uh, 
We got three minutes left. Love you, brother. You see how people people always ask me. I go out to places. Uh, people say six nine. They call me six nine. Everybody thinks I'm a weirdo. I played football. My number was six nine. So people still call me six nine. We just had a guy in the chat room say yo six nine. That was the only number they had left when I was in high school. You know, I, I ran out. Of yeah, numbers. I'm sure that wasn't on purpose. <laughs> So, you know, I, I know some of these guys I grew up with. I don't, I don't know their names. I see them. I'm like, yo, 25. And they're like, you know. And, and they're like the, the prosecutor in my case. And I'm like, yo, 25. They're like, defendant, say you're here. And I, you know, I don't know the guy's name. Oh, my God. You, my guys are, you guys are you guys a trip. So, we're going to go back to big time. So, big time. I know you wanted to tell everybody. I forget exactly. Mike, help me out here. What's it? It's big time. Tim tells it as it is. Tells it to. Tells it to. It is. You know what, Mike? You can go fuck yourself, Donnie. You know what the fuck it is. Big time. Timmy tells it like it is. And this week's episode is brought to you by me getting my wrestling promoter's license. So, big time. Timmy tells it like it is. If you want to get involved, which, you know, everybody, all shapes, sizes, backgrounds, you want to get involved one way or the other, you can. Just hit me up. Hit Donnie up. Let's talk. But if you want to get in that ring, you're wearing a t- you're not or you're not wearing a T-shirt. You're coming in regular gear, and that's how we're going to do things. I'm not bending it for anybody. We're going by strict rules. Think old NWA. I think the most gimmick matches you're going to get is like a dog collar match, a four corners match, stuff like that, and good old-fashioned storylines. We're going to bring us back to the past, to the glory days. That's our goal. And if I can't do that, I'm not going to do fucking anything at all. But that's me telling it like it is. Tim, that was awesome, man. I want to end this with, if anybody's going through bad times right now, look, look at Tim. He told his story. He doesn't hide his story, man. He was homeless on the streets of Kensington. Today, this man, I've seen his bank account. He makes big money. He has a great job. He's got his own promoting license. He's starting his own wrestling federation. <laughs> Anybody going through hard times, look at Tim. Look at me. You're going to get through this. The sun's going to come out. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Have a great night. This is Breakfast Donnie Hart. Out of here.